here pushing buttons hang on hanging on pushing buttons pushing the buttons now we're there ha <laughs> ah. the gs plumbing talk line is 1-800-905-0989 the common sense retirement planning text line is 71307 i just set it up to where i am officially streaming live i wasn't doing that earlier on the WORD Facebook page. Now then, we got a lot of things going on in the world today, don't we? We have a porous border where a bunch of men that look a lot like those Hamas cats, you know, those military-aged dudes, they have come across, we know a lot of them, there's so many of them that have gotten away that Epic Times TV has done a documentary called Gotaways. We don't know where they are. We don't know how many of them there are. They are here. We have crime popping all over the United States. Well, when I say all over the United States, primarily I mean the blue cities where they, you know, it, it let that happen, where they don't allow you to carry means for self-defense, where they don't actually put criminals away, that kind of stuff. Crime is a popping there. We have inflation eating away everything about your uh, your your security your your well-being all this other stuff we have an energy issue we have a lot of things going on and now we have and i mean don't look for israel to pull back israel is not going to negotiate a peace understand that i'll talk about that later israel is going to level gaza gaza is going to be a parking lot when they get done they have done, and this is the thing about war. If you're going to be a combat commander, you have to be a very ruthless individual. He has told the civilians to get out of there, and if they don't go, well, he warned them. And don't sit back and say, oh, the atrocities, oh, the this, oh, the that. This is why war is hell. In the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of this, we get, we get, uh, you know, John Kirby. Admiral John Kirby. He, he got up in front of the TV the other day. And he was talking about the biggest threat to America today, which the biggest threat to America today is the Biden administration. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, uh, that little itty bitty part in and of itself is one thing you're never going to hear them admit to, but that is in fact the case. It's the Biden administration, not North Korea, not Russia, not China, not Iran. Biden, because they are profoundly evil. The only issues we have to deal with in most cases, they create. Biden could very easily mumble, stumble and bumble us into a world war just about any old minute now. And he's made every other threat to the country much worse. And these guys may be the enemy, but Biden is better placed to actually harm the U.S. And he does not have the know-how to keep our foreign adversaries at bay because you know what? They're already here. So Biden stuck Admiral John Kirby up there and he said, absolutely, I still believe 
that climate change is the biggest threat humanity faces today. It is an existential threat. It's actually capable of wiping out all human life on the world. <laughs> Such stupidity. Absolute stupidity. He should resign in disgust. But instead, he and this guy was an admiral. He has defended the successful, in, in his little fantasy life, the successful withdrawal from Afghanistan. He defended that. He, he's defended his failure to prevent the Ukraine war and his border policies. And we have, we, we have, listen, just accept this as a fact. We have terrorists in the United States today. And we have a phone ringing. Let me put that. But that was on silent. Why was that going off like that? Anyway. We have terrorists in the United States. And we keep financing Iran. We keep sending them money or, you know, freeing up money or sending them material inadvertently. Now, Admiral Kirby, who is trying, I, I, my thought was he was just trying to be a good soldier. However, <sighs> this guy gets passionate about the existential threat that a one and a half degree increase in global temperature poses if you know <laughs> that kind of stupidity is you know and i keep saying this this guy was an admiral he seriously believes this though and the biden administration does this means these people are just insane and kirby's just smoother but no less stupid than corinne jean pierre Not even the most radical climate scientists out there believe that this increase represents an existential threat to humanity. This is what Just Stop Oil thinks. And apparently, an admiral. And apparently his passion for this issue exceeds any thoughts of maybe, I don't know, preventing a nuclear war, preventing terrorist attacks from inside the United States. This is worse. We must get rid of pickup trucks. Now, you and I, we could, you know, we can sit here and argue all day about the weather and how big a threat climate change is. But we have, for the most part, despite what they're trying to get rid of and do everything away with, we have defeated and managed to contain and control our environment that we can live in. So we always manage to find a way to live comfortably. Now, this change in temperature that is coming up, which is, it is in fact coming up. Um, does this mean that, uh, I don't know, that we might vanish from the face of the earth? Will it be a benefit? Because, you know, more people die from cold than they do from heat. But I would expect the national security leaders to be sitting back there going, we need to avoid nuclear war. 
you know, at least with, see, the thing about Trump, Trump was unpredictable. He was t totally unpredictable. He had no sense of decorum whatsoever. He'd just look at you and he'd go, you know, if you go and do that, I'm going to, it's going to be horrible what I do to you. I'm going to incinerate you. You know that? I'm going to incinerate you there, Kim Jong. With Biden, who's supposed to be a foreign policy expert, he's too busy, I guess, holding on to commander's leash because he's biting everybody, although he's gone now. But Biden is a walking, talking crisis creator. And his real issues that their ladies are focused on is like promoting gender confusion and medically transitioning children and labeling you terrorists while they're letting terrorists in and uh, protecting Hunter Biden and science censoring the Senate, of course, climate change. This is this government is completely unserious. Completely unserious. But they do create crises. This is this is what his you know his his what will be uh, Biden's legacy. He created more crisis than anybody else ever. I saw a bunch of you guys talking on the text line, and I see all these demonstrations about the settlers. I'm going to help you with that one. That's right. This is News Talk ninety eight nine, W O R D. All right. All that Western colonizer stuff, do you, you know that's a lie, right? You know, you understand that's actually a lie. Uh, the GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and the podcasts are available aplenty on the free Odyssey app. Now, across the West... And anywhere where there are Muslims, they and their socialist allies claim that Israel is a Western colonizer. But let's go back a short period of time, say the last 4,000 years. The original indigenous people of that area that is now called Israel were the Canaanites, and the Jews migrated to that land 4,000 years ago, and a lot of tribal warfare ensued. And the Canaanites lost. And since then, for around 4,000 years, the Jewish people have had a continuous presence in Israel. They are the indigenous people with a claim to the land older than any other living people. They have held this land despite wars and occupations by the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, and the Greeks. In 70 AD, the Romans finally conquered Israel, erasing its identity as a nation. And they renamed the land Palestine after the Philistines, to whom the Jews had destroyed in David's time. And then in subsequent centuries, Christians, Persians, uh, Mayad, Muslims... Abbasid Muslims and eventually Ottoman Muslims invaded the land and ruled as imperialist colonizers. And 
Jewish people were there the whole time. During the Ottoman period, Israel was uh, a wasteland. If you went in there, you either got malaria or yellow fever. And they were eventually, the Jewish people were eventually joined by two Muslim tribes, the Druze, whom Muslims considered heretics, and the Bedouins. And beginning in the early 19th century, Muslim refugees uh, from other lands came too. Enter Pierre von Passen, a Protestant minister and journalist. He knew the region intimately in the first half of the 20th century. He wrote a book called The Forgotten Ally, much of it based on events he witnessed and people he knew. And he fills in some of the erased facts of the region's history, including how the modern Palestinians came there. And those who came included Algerians who left North Africa after France's conquest in 1830, Circassian immigrants from the Russian Caucasus, whom the Turks settled in Syria-Palestine in the second half of the 19th century, and Sanusi Muslims from Tripoli who trickled into Syria-Palestine after World War I to escape persecution in their own land. These people did not own the land where they settled and lived in unimaginable squalor, sort of like a tent city. There were a few things that happened then. There was the Dreyfus Affair in France when an innocent Jewish military officer was accused of treason. Theodore Herzl said that the return to the Holy Land was the only way for Jews in the diaspora, the lands outside of Israel, to survive. And that was the birth of Zionism. So, Jewish people bought the land from Ottoman landowners who lived in Istanbul, Paris, London, etc. And the idealists headed off to turn the swamp into the land of milk and honey. Then the Ottoman Empire collapsed when Germany lost World War I in a 1916 anticipating victory. The French and British entered the Sykes-Picot Agreement and they divvied up the land between them. While France would get what's now Syria and Lebanon, Britain would get the southernmost edge of the territory, which is now Israel. So in 1917, Arthur Balfour issued the Balfour Declaration supporting Palestine as the national home of the Jewish people. This wasn't just a religious commitment. It also took its swipe at Germans' allies. So when Germany lost the war, the Sykes-Picot Agreement went into effect. Now, at the time, the Arabs that were there at the time were thrilled with the Jewish presence in this region uh, because these guys were very well educated. They brought the benefits of modern agricultural technique and modern medicine and education The guy that would become, his name was, and I'm going to give this a shot, Faisal I bin Hussein bin Ali al-Hashimi. He was the king of Syria in 1920. He announced that we Arabs look with the deepest sympathy on the Zionist movement. So then, guess what happened? Guess why there's so much hate in this region now? What happened was, in, in much the same way the leftists do, um, Envy was created. Envy was created. The Arabs were encouraged to view the Jews as their enemy. And in an era newly desperate for oil, Arabs had the oil the European countries knew on which side their oil was buttered. 
1925, the League of Nations recognized that Palestine and Transjordan, which is modern Jordan, were successor states under international law. Now, Palestine was to have been a Jewish state. Transjordan was the Muslim Arab state. Both the British and the Arabs, however, refused to recognize Palestine's status as a Jewish state. So, in the 76 years since World War II, the Arabs have been regularly attacking Israel, and Israel has repeatedly rebuffed those attacks. And in each case, they always resort to this kind of savagery that we see today, mass rapes, kidnapping, torture, behavings, body mutilation. Soon we're going to have high-definition executions in cages of children. So... The Arabs fight wars just like they did 1,400 years ago and as humans did in the Stone Age. And there are no rules of warfare in this. And in the last 40 years, Israel's also repeatedly been willing to cede land for peace, including handing Gaza over to the Arabs in 2005. And that hasn't made any difference. As the Hamas Charter makes explicit, the goal is now and has always been the eradication of the indigenous Jewish population. So... For all of you out there that think the Jew, that Jewish people are colonists, there you go. They've been there 4,000 years. I think that sort of lays claim. And they have been oppressed over and over again. See, on the text line, somebody say, no, no, that never happened. They never, they never occupied Canaan. <laughs> they, never, they, they never were there. That's fine. That's fine. Right now, in various parts of the United States, citizens are having to do the job the police won't or cannot do. This is going to become trendy. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Now then, coming, well, probably not coming here because we have, uh, we have backed our law enforcement. We have not defunded our law enforcement, although we probably still feel the ripple effects of uh, all of this defund the police stuff. And, um, well, that's a thing. That's a thing. And it's happening in other places all the time. So, we have these recent instances of Vermont storegoers detaining and even assaulting would-be thieves. This is indicative of the societal tension that all of this progressive policy nonsense is bringing. Vermont's law enforcement services are anemic. Because they have to absorb a lot of anti-police rhetoric, a lot of racialization of courts, and they don't prosecute anybody. They're not enforcing basic criminal laws as gang-related violence and property crimes transform communities. Drug overdoses are on the rise and businesses are compromised. Citizens are tired of being victimized by government failure. So, naturally, 
they've decided to take the law into their own hands. So, what is it? Today's the 10th. Four days ago, they restrained a shoplifter in a Walmart parking lot in Berlin, Vermont. Now, after the police did show up to take this guy in tow, they decided to discourage similar public actions in an official statement. This coming from them. Let's go to the phones. Lawrence in TR. What can I do for you, sir? Hey, good, mor- good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I, I, I know as I get older, I look for teaching moments to share with my kids and now my grandson. And, and I saw one yesterday. Uh, I saw a headline come across. It said, Israel handing out rifles to their citizens and, and volunteers. And I remember seeing a similar headline with Zelensky when, when Ukraine was invaded, too. Yep. And I just thought happened in Britain too during World War II. It's it's too little, too late after yeah. you get invaded. Yes, it is to be handing out rifles. And I'm just really grateful that as of right now, our country still allows us to have firearms. And let me tell you, I don't need to wait for the government to give me a rifle. <laughs> and well, uh, you I, know, in World War II, uh, Churchill got out there and did the old speech where we'll def- we'll fight them in the glens and in the dales and in the streets. And then they took a look, and they didn't have anything to fight them with. So we had to airlift four, 500,000 M1s to them. And as soon as the war was over, they picked them up and threw them in the English Channel. The British government did. And, and, and you know what's crazy is everybody, by law, is commanded to serve in Israel. So all these citizens, they're not, they're not newbies. I mean, nope. they're military nope. trained. Yep. I, I would trust them with firearms, but... Maybe going forward, we'll see. Maybe they're going to change that policy. I, I would have thought that they would have been. I mean, you know, you look at Switzerland, who is completely neutral. They've got bunkers built into houses. Garage doors open and anti-aircraft guns come out of the garage doors. They, they have more bunkers per any, per, per, per country, in any small tract of land than any other country out there. And they've even built a kill tunnel coming through the mountains. So, I mean... They trust their citizens with guns because they don't have a standing army. Now, Israel, I, you know, their policies were very much like New York. Mm. Pretty, pretty close to it. So, yeah, that's, they actually aren't handing them out. They have relaxed the requirements to get a permit. If you've had a permit in the past, you can go get your gun. If you have a permit and then it expires, you have to turn your gun in. So they're letting those people come back and get their gun. And they're still restricting them just to handguns and uh, just to 100 rounds. If they're handing out rifles, which is what they should be doing, because they use either some uh, some variant of the M4 or the IWI Tavor, that's what they should be doing because that's how you fight this kind of stuff. But, you know, you're right. Absolutely. You're right. It would have made a big difference. Anyway, good point. Well, thank I, you for I, taking my call. Yes, sir. Thank you for the call. Yeah, that whole blade behind every blade of grass thing. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Now, if I were going to invade somebody, I'd invade New York or I'd invade uh, L.A. Then you find out where the guns are. Because <laughs> first you're going to have to deal with the gangbangers. Gangbangers are not going to. They're, you're, you're not going to attack their customers. So they will come out with their guns, and then you got to deal with them. So even in the cities where the law-abiding can have their no weapons, uh, I kind of think the gangbangers would be wearing some, uh, you know, some some uh, Hamas headdresses and and have a few patches of theirs that they'd taken off them. But that's all beside the point. 
back to taking the, uh, you know, the Berlin Police Department, they tried to get out there and say you shouldn't do that because you got to respect law and order to help to maintain a peaceful and just society. They can't advocate for anything else. That's the way it's got to be. But, uh, you know, Vermont is being systematically dismantled. Their actual form of control of government, everything culturally, economically, socially, that's all being pulled apart. And uh, this crime wave needs some sort of interdiction. So the citizens are going to have to ha have this. They, the criminals, they have, you know, there's a no bail policy that allows them to commit numerous offenses in the same day. The court dockets are still backed up by COVID and rising crime. There's all kinds, all kinds of pop political nonsense in the way. And they've also undermined respect for law and order by law-abiding citizens. The recruits for police forces have dwindled, just like they have for the military here nationally. Shoplifting gangs from southern cities like Springfield, Massachusetts, and Hartford, Connecticut joined fentanyl and crack dealers from hardcore street gangs from Philadelphia, Chicago, and New York City to get a quick and easy piece of Green Mountain Pie. And the woodchuck Vermonters are getting tired of this destruction. At a Home Depot in Rutland last year, a career felony shoplifter was physically assaulted by a bunch of furious shoppers. And the town's police just simply said, I have no comment on it. And now Rutland now boasts a sizable citizen enforcement contingency. And uh, militias may be in order in Vermont. But, you know, the Vermont progressive carpetbaggers seek to ban all guns and self-defense. But the people in Vermont are not Californians. Despite the fact that many of the leftists from California and New York have relocated there. So... One police chief said, if the law isn't going to protect people, then people are going to protect themselves. And criminals should promptly be held accountable by the system or the system is useless. And right now in Vermont, the only way they will be held accountable soon is if a citizen intervenes. And this is the problem all criminals should understand. If you're a criminal, listen to me very carefully. I do not have to... I don't have to say freeze. I don't have to read you any rights or anything else. If I think you, you are a you are a imminent threat to my life or well-being, I can bring the noise. And I practice doing that. And if my legislature fails to tighten things up on you, they're actually saving you. Engaging with me, I don't have any rules. I don't have any rules I have to live by. I don't have to worry about prosecutors around here advocating for you or any of that other stuff. So, on the text line, can a person committing a crime actually be assaulted? I think the better term is deterred. Uh, it depends on how far you go with that deterrence. Sometimes they can be perforated. I was going to talk about that whole gun thing with Israel. We'll do that when we get back. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. In the United States today, there are 20 plus million people that are permitted to carry a weapon. Permitted in states where they issue permits. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0939. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. 
conversely, in uh, in Israel, there's only seven. There's a little over seven million actual Jewish people in Israel, and only one point five percent of the civilian population has a license to own a gun. So while they're out there saying, "Well, we're loosening up," uh, it's there, there's going to have to be a lot of loosening. The Israeli Minister of National Security, Itamar Ben Gavir. He announced Sunday in Hebrew an emergency declaration that will allow as many citizens as possible to arm themselves. And that didn't even happen instantaneously. There was a 24-hour delay before that happened. <laughs> and the laws that require providing a need to own and carry a gun have not changed, but those eligible to apply for a license under the self-defense test can now do the required interview on the phone instead of in person. And you would be approved for the license within a week under the new order. So this isn't this isn't fabulous by any stretch of the imagination. As a matter of fact, this is about as muted. I mean, what they should be doing is driving into each, you know, each uh, each little community in a nice big truck, roll out the racks of the uh, Tavors or the ARs and or excuse me, the M4s and chest rigs and spare magazines and all this other stuff and hand this stuff out. Hand it out. Because apparently everywhere in Israel is susceptible to attack. But that's not what they're doing. You can only purchase a handgun, and they have increased the limit on rounds of ammunition that you can have from 50 to 100. Let the party begin. <laughs> that, I mean, that's not even trained, that's not even practicing ammo. I mean, I can practice with a box of ammo, but that means that I need to have another box to replace that. According to the minister, 4,000 citizens who applied for the permit let the license expire before using it. They can now purchase a gun. Now, they, they still retain a very narrow eligibility criteria to own a gun. And you're eligible to apply only if you live or work in the settlement areas or are employed in professions that use guns like security guards, police officers, or firefighters. Active duty military, military veterans of a certain rank, and special forces can also apply. They must provide references, proof of residency for three years, and meet the minimum age requirement based on military service and residency. And they must also provide a basic knowledge of Hebrew and provide a health declaration from a doctor. You have to pass an interview, pay a licensing fee, buy the gun, and attend four and a half hours of training at a shooting range. And you can meet all those requirements and still be denied if you have used drugs or you got a criminal issue. So, <laughs> Ben Gavir has been pushing for more civilian gun ownership to deal with both terrorist attacks and crime since he took office at the beginning of this year. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's not exactly the way I thought it would be. Now, you, you see all the time the uh, the uh, the IDF. You'll see the various members of the IDF. They'll like going to the beach and they'll be in their bathing suits and they'll have their M4 slung and they'll be carrying a bag of stuff. Their oh no bag. I call that the Aunt Susie bag. I have one right downstairs. Your Aunt Susie bag should have something that cuts, something that takes care of the boo boos, something that provides light and a lot of ammunition and maybe a handgun if you don't have one in it. And then the ammunition that you have in the Aunt Susie bag should also primarily be your rifle ammunition. So a minimum of three. I carry four spare mags with that. And then, of course, my AR. So that's what goes with the Aunt Susie kit. Uh, 
And they found out the hard way that they should have had more armed people there. Don't get me wrong, okay? I, I think we should be able to exist today without worrying about a bunch of savages coming in our midst with on parasails and you know dropping down and raping your daughters and killing them and putting them in cages and cutting their heads off and putting it on you know and filming that in 4k sending that to you in an email i believe we should exist in a world that doesn't have that but we exist in a world where that's happening it's happening right now in real time and uh those who are prepared for trouble normally can deal with trouble this is not paranoia. This is simply, you know, I carry a spare tire and a first aid kit and car insurance and all these other things too, just in case of the what ifs. One of the what ifs in today's America, in Biden's America, in the world in which we live in today, is this kind of thing. And we've got terrorists in the midst. Probably some right here in the upstate, probably some in the, in the broadcast area. In the 100,000 watt combat radio signal. I love very much going out amongst you and hanging out in the combat radio signal. And I am prepared in case things go awry while I'm in the combat radio signal. And that's just a reality of life. Right now, the Biden administration has gotten out there and they're already calling for Israel to negotiate a ceasefire but they haven't said anything about that to you the ukraine they're sending money to one place and none to the other huh this is news talk 98.9 word